Broadcasting live from the Campbell Student Union Center at Buffalo State, this is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Here's your host, Evan DePasquale. Welcome to The Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. 91.3 FM WBNY is Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982. Brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. I am Evan DePasquale. Uh, and I'm joined by Alex Spencer. How are you doing today, Evan? Not good. <laughs> Not good. Um, I also have, um, uh, one of our also co-hosts, Evan Harrington on the line. We'll get to, we'll get to, to you in a sec, Evan, but I just want to give my first thoughts on the game. You had 13 seconds, 13 seconds to... Possibly what? Get to the Super Bowl? Probably win it? Yeah. Let, I, let me just say, I don't want to blame... I mean, the the defense, I, in my opinion, up until that la- those last two drives played, or at least that last two minutes, played a pretty solid game. They did enough. Yeah, you know, I they mean, did enough to win the game, except, yeah. and then, you know... I just am not happy with the prevent defense mm-hmm. that they decided to play. Yeah, I mean, they did enough. You're talking about probably the most explosive offense in the NFL in Kansas City. Um, and I don't know if it was just laziness from the coaching staff to play prevent sideline defense. I don't know if they didn't realize that Kansas City had all three of their timeouts. Um but, I mean, 13 seconds is clearly enough for Mahomes to make something happen. And it's not like they needed to go 75 yards and get a touchdown. Yeah, they... that was the problem. All right. Uh, I want to go to the phone because uh, our uh, one of our co-hosts on the show, um, Evan Harrington, was at Kansas City. And he right now is circling around the stadium. Evan, are you there? Can you hear us? You're on WBNY. Hey, what's going on? Good. Uh, you know, could be better. Obviously, was at the game. Uh, I had a very good pregame, I would say. I played uh, rock, paper, scissors with Stephon Diggs and got a football. So that's always good. But obviously, the emotions going into that game was a revenge tour. It was a revenge tour for Josh, a revenge tour for Diggs. Obviously, that famous photo was taken last year, 364 days ago, prior to this game. So, again, emotions were high. This game was at stake. Everything was on the line. Whoever won this game probably was going to go to the Super Bowl and win it. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, watching Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in person was honestly the greatest thing in the world. I'm, I'm going to be honest. These two are the best quarterbacks in the world. I, I, I like that. That is it. These are my one and two. Not Rodgers. Mahomes and Allen are the, are the best. Uh, I simply just can't believe how good these two are in person. Watching this game is the greatest NFL game I've ever experienced in my life. Um, and I, I mean, it's proud to be a part of one of the greatest playoff games in NFL history. Uh, even though we weren't on the on the outcome, we wish we were. Uh, now going to the thoughts. Obviously, 13 seconds, Mahomes with the field goal, uh, the field goal drive to tie up the game. Yeah, that that one sucked. Um, obviously, like uh, one of you guys mentioned earlier, the Bills were playing sideline prevent defense. And in my opinion, the first play on de- first of all, we should have squipped kicked it. I think we can all agree we should have squipped kicked it. Um, try to milk some sort of clock off milk some clock you know i don't want to i don't want to cut you off um 
completely. Just I, the squib kick is a little more dangerous. Um, I would have just kicked it high and like maybe to the five, but I mean, well, unless, yeah, like, yeah, uh, but like a squib kick there, a squib kick is easy to get down by an upman, um, and you're only gonna waste a second or two, and they would be at the forty as opposed to the twenty-five. And they honestly could have fair caught that. The thing is, is about this, and you know, I don't. I it, it, it's hindsight twenty twenty really that um that play basically it was you know probably at the time everybody was like yeah I'm fine with them kicking I when I was watching the game I was like boot that ball into the back of the freaking end zone yeah if I'm gonna if I'm gonna nitpick one thing that we could have done differently from the end of that game it was it was I, not that I would have gone for two after scoring yes I honestly them, was force them to go the entire length of the field and score a touchdown to win the game. I I thought personally it should not have been it should not have this was obviously I think everybody is right this is the probably the greatest game ever played in my lifetime in yeah. My, yeah in my lifetime you know we could talk about that um when the can the, the Kansas City Rams game back a few years ago when Jared Goff and Mahomes were just lighting it up but I love Jared Goff. <laughs> but I thought that that I thought really that was best. You know, if you were just a traditional football fan, wanted to see a good game. I mean, yeah, objectively, it's probably the best game. Like, you know, ever. I mean, let alone it's a playoff game. Like it's just such a dynamic game. I couldn't imagine being there. That must have been amazing. Um, like just watching it from my couch, it was such a fun experience. Where were yeah, you like, in the Where were you in the so, stadium? So I was sitting in one one thirty five, which was slightly Ooh. to the right of the Bills bench, so about twenty yard line ish uh, on the Bills bench, obviously, uh, like I mentioned. And I was around. I actually had a good seat. There was a lot of Bills fans around me. There was about you know, you know, six to my left and a few down in front of me in the stand. And I was surrounded by a lot of Chiefs fans. And I'm just going to mention one thing: Chiefs fans, amazing amazing fan base their fan base is phenomenal mm -hmm. uh they are so welcoming literally reminds me of being at a bills game the tailgates are just like bills mafia tailgates uh the fans are so welcoming their chants they're so loud down there their stadium like fan experience wise i, I hate to say it but like it, it blows out the Bills stadium like, i hate to say it i really do the chiefs yeah. have a phenomenal stadium inside i don't know if you guys know but inside they have like a, a hall of fame like a wall of fame. Yeah, and it showcases, like, it's got uh, the Super Bowl trophies, the AFC Championship trophies, and just a bunch of stuff. Uh, and then, like, the stadium itself, like, there's no, um, what's it called? There's no, like, traffic at halftime. Like, it's, it's so good, like, the, everything else. Like, they, they dug out their stadium and widened it. Like, that was awesome. And uh, what's it called? But, like, just the fan experience there was awesome. The fans were awesome. Uh, I can't even say enough about Kansas City. Like, they're so welcoming. Uh, but other than that, like the game was phenomenal. Watching Josh and Mahomes in person for the first time, like watching those two play together in first, like for the first time, was just outstanding. And I think it's something that a lot of Bills fans should do. We should travel next year. All Bills fans should travel to Kansas City when we play that way. Uh, that's phenomenal. Watching those two go back and forth in the final two minutes was something that I don't think we'll ever witness ever again like that. Mm -hmm. um, but well, like just, just. I mean, you could see this being the next. Manning and Brady, yeah, of the of our generation, yeah. where you these two will just have to go at it every playoff. 
And and I want to ask you um, because I've been getting some call. I, I've been wanting. There have been people that have been wanting to call. Um, what are your um, thoughts that should happen for the Bills in uh, this up for the upcoming season? What do you think needs to be improved so the Bills can get over the hump? Well, obviously, last season the Bills is the Bills' direction was to improve the D line to get to Patrick Holmes and. They most certainly improved the D-line, but it wasn't enough to get to Patrick Mahomes and bring him down enough throughout the game. Because I'm telling you right now, if the Bills got to Mahomes just two times, two more times that game, there's a different outcome in this game. Uh, They were making Mahomes' life atrocious back there, but Mahomes is one of the best, if not the best, improviser in the league. And he was just making plays out of pocket that most certainly quarterbacks outside of maybe Josh Allen and a couple others just aren't making and the guy's phenomenal and going forward i think the bills probably should address adding another receiver because we are going to lose emmanuel sanders and we are going to lose OBC if we cut him saving 6.1 million and other than that like other than that i don't think the Bills should probably add another running back i think our running back that's fine i like singletary going forward maybe add an o-line in the draft Maybe you want to look at adding a cornerback because that was a problem in the team. Obviously, you're getting beat by Hill all day. So, I mean, going forward, probably add another receiver, maybe a corner, maybe a dress with a veteran edge rusher. But other than that, I mean, I don't know how much more we can add to this team. All right. Thank you again, Evan. Uh, get home safely, all right? Safe travels, Evan. All right. Yeah. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Yeah. I mean, that really was a great game. There's nothing that you could say that would change my mind that that game wasn't a great game. Um, it just it, it it's like it there was it was not like any officiating problems. Yeah, there was no. It was basically just two. It was uh, the you know, two best two, quarterbacks. Two in best the quarterbacks just colliding, and it stinks that they had to play in the divisional round because, let's be honest, I don't think anything the rest of this postseason is going to top what just happened last night. Last night was essentially the Super Bowl. It was. It was Um, essentially the Super Bowl. I think, ultimately, it was... The the game is just a case of the two best quarterbacks in the league. However you want to rank them. Mahomes may be better than Allen. Whatever. The two best quarterbacks in the league going at it. And I said before the game to my family that the game is going to end and the winner is going to be whoever has the ball last, and that was certainly the case. And we were just on the wrong side of that. Now, objectively, again, that is probably the best game of football I've watched in my entire life. Yeah, I I think so too. And, like, this is the thing. Like, I mean, yeah, it was stressful because we're both Bills fans, but let's be honest, this was, if you are a casual sports fan did not care about the outcome you loved it mm-hmm. if you were you know a fan of the chiefs or the fan of the bills like we were we were both bills fans it was it was stressful. tough it was stressful and i remember i was at um like i was at a um my like my mom's boyfriend's friend whatever we were at the uh his house for the game and let me tell you at, after Davis scored the the fourth one, 
I we were all like hugging each other and high fiving each other, going crazy. I remember my eardrums were kind of just going boom, 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 boom. Um, but it was it was that I also think that this just proved that it says that Gabe Davis is a legitimate. No, can be a legitimate number one wide receiver. I think he's not number one because obviously Diggs is the number one. Sure. He is like a one B or one A or whatever you want to call it. He is he is literally if you need him to step up and he did. He had a, what was it eight? He had eight catches for two hundred and one yards and four touchdowns. First time in NFL postseason history that. So that a receiver had four receiving touchdowns. Um, uh, 878-5104 is the number if you would like to call. What are your thoughts on the game? Like, you know, there's there's literally so much we can honestly say, but, you know, if we could get your opinion on there, on the heartbreaking loss, this is like, this was probably what sucked most about losing that game is that... The season is now over, and I got to think about 13 seconds until September for, like, the next uh, 10, 10, 9 months. Yeah. I got to think about it. I just want to address the question you asked, Evan, about what we should do going forward. I'm going to touch on it a little bit. Um, I think... I don't know how much you want to invest in the defensive line again. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to lose probably Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison this year. Their contracts are both expiring. I don't know if you can justify signing either of them. Maybe Jerry Hughes. Maybe. Just because he's been a yeah. veteran presence, but I don't see them re-signing Mario Addison. If anything, they're going to be signed on veteran minimum contracts. Yes. Um so maybe you draft a lineman in like the third round or something because we're gonna if if Frazier gets signed as a head coach we're getting a com- a compensational third round pick mm-hmm. for that signing, um, and then we're gonna get a lot of compensation picks because we're not gonna be re-signing all of our guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like a loss of like Mitch Trubisky who may go and start somewhere next year. He, he I, we I was, could get a third was, round pick for him. I was thinking that he was gonna. He's going to be re-signed. He's going to get signed probably, my thought was Denver. I actually wouldn't be surprised if he went to the Giants with Dable. That's true. If that's where Dable ends up. But you also had Dan- you also had Daniel Jones. I think that the but ownership wants I, Daniel Jones to work. I'm sure they want it to work, but if you have a head coach, I mean, like, Again, it would be an open competition in theory between Trubisky and Jones. Um, but regardless, that's a little off topic. Um, I think the biggest thing that the Bills need to do going into next season is building an offense around Allen that can float and sustain itself when he is not at 100%. Because if you go back to the regular season, if one of those games where Allen did not play great and we lost by, like, three points, if one of those turns into a win, that game last night is played in Buffalo and we're probably having a completely different conversation. This team cannot afford to drop games when Allen isn't at 100% because there isn't a support system around him on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, the offensive line 
if it's not completely healthy, is in shambles and by far the worst line in the league. And I, Devin Singletary had a great end to the year, but he looked awful yesterday. He looked abysmal. There were there was just so many opportunities. Like there was a third and two or third and three or whatever, and he has a wide open gap. If he just cuts it inside, it's at least at least a fourth and one at midfield, if not an easy first down. And he cuts it outside and he loses three yards. And that's just off the top of my head. There was other plays where he just did not have the proper vision. And I I don't know. I he could be a competent running back too. Um, I just don't see him being the answer. I don't know how we're going to address running back. I don't want to draft one early. Um, the earliest I would is the second round. I will tell you, um, I don't, I, off the top of my head, I don't know where the Bills are going to be picking. 25. 25. That's why I thought. I thought it was in the mid-20s. I will tell you, if there is a, so when we were, last season when, um, we were talking about we were talking about running backs and we were talking about number two corner. I honestly think that you need to there are two things that I'd like to see coming out of the draft um for the Bills. And that's one try and get a a, a corner because I mean I don't wanna blame Levi Wallace or something like that. No. because um, I thought for him to, because he has been getting a lot of hate, at least from Bills fans, from what I've seen, um, because he gets targeted so much because Tredavious White is on the other side. Now, let's, I, I, I'm just telling you that if Tredavious White was playing this game, we would have won. We would have won. Yes. Um, I will say about Levi Wallace, he did not look good. At points yesterday, mm-hmm. um, and the Chiefs kept putting him in positions that he is not built to be in, and he was almost playing out of position yesterday. So he did not look good. He didn't have a great game, but that's not what he's built to do. So I'm not going to harp on him. He's had a great year. Uh, somebody put up his stats from this season um, next to Tredavious White's stats from last year. Nearly identical, uh, which surprised me. Um, I mean, they let up last year. Trey White let up 470 yards in a 58% completion percentage when targeted for, excuse me, I don't know where the touchdown is. Trey White had two pick or three picks, and then Levi had two and allowed 56.9 completion percentage and 454 yards. I mean... You're talking about a very solid season from Levi Wallace. Very solid. And he is, I, I like looked at, there's a, um, a, a screenshot of the free uh, people that are going to be going into free agency. 16 players uh, are going to be free agents. I'd imagine the Bills might sign maybe half, maybe less. Yeah. So, like, some, some ones that I... Would consider re-signing. Um, definitely Levi Wallace, mm-hmm. um, Isaiah McKenzie, definitely uh, Harrison Phillips, and maybe Justin Zimmer. I would sign Zimmer. Um, I really like what he brought to the team before he got hurt. And I, and I thought that year. Harrison Phillips down the stretch, him he was and, playing his best ball. 
and isn't this this will eventually come to whether or not the Bills should pick up at Oliver's fifty year option. They they're going to. Yeah. I I would think they should. I don't they I don't have... even think it's really going to be a question. I think they will and I will go a step further. They may even just extend him this year. Build in a fifth year option into the extension. I mean, mm-hmm. he was that good this year. His stats may not tell you the whole story, but he was. He looked a lot better this season. Yeah, than, and, and the combination know. of Phillips and him on at the tackle, mm-hmm. where Phillips was playing the best one tech we have seen from a defensive tackle in a long time, that allowed Ed Oliver to play his best ball. Uh, so the combination of those two is going to be what we need to build this defensive line around. And we we really may not even need to address the defensive line that much. It's just going to be waiting for Rousseau and Basham. And if they mm-hmm. can, if one of those two takes a really nice step next year, the D-line may not even be a problem. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say Levi Wallace is a guarantee, almost a guarantee to be re-signed. I would say, though, um, not even a corner two we need to address because I think Levi's a fine corner two. Yeah, Levi's a fine corner two, but, but like just, if they're we, if you if Levi's corner two A, we'll need a corner two B because we don't have the personnel to play man to man coverage against teams like K- Kansas City. Not a lot of people do. However, if you get a really physically talented corner who is built to play against like physical monsters and that's not levi's game and that's completely fine it never has been so i'm not going to expect that to change but if you can address and make our third corner or like even build a rotation at corner where you can throw in somebody who has athletic ability to cover somebody downfield for a sustained period of time when you're playing a patrick mahomes it makes it a lot easier to play defense but they were i mean very handcuffed by what they could do yesterday now my question, I'm, I, I, and obviously you saw this um, uh, from Nate Geary, is finding a way to trade for Josh Allen. And we're talking about Jacksonville, Jacksonville Josh Allen. Um, I don't know what you would have to do to get him. Yeah. I mean, my opinion, he's a little old, but I would honestly try. I think you could possibly get someone for Khalil Mack. I was talking about he's he's probably not happy in in um Chicago right now. Um I th- I mean he his cap number would is kind of high. Yeah, that's the but... thing. I mean like I think cap is something that you can work around pretty easily, especially Bean, he seems to be like a master at manipulating the cap. Um I, I but I mean Khalil's cap number is just ridiculous Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know if that's something that you want to put i i will still just just looking at these um just looking at these um videos of the 13 seconds they were they were like playing the sidelines like they didn't have timeouts yeah like I mean, and, also as a, and they as were a coach, also playing as if they needed to get to the end zone to win the game. Mm-hmm. But as a coach, I mean, like, I don't want to say this, but do you really think they have a chance at 13 seconds? Like, you're kind of just like, all right, no, go, go stand I mean, at the sidelines. I wouldn't lines. think either, but I, I still think that they left the middle of the field wide open. They did, and you have Travis Kelsey, who is incredible in the middle of the field, and Tyree Kill, and Tyree Kill. You know when. 
let me we'll have, we'll have to get a break soon but I want to um I'll get your we'll we'll get a break in and then I want to get your thoughts on a opinion on what I thought on the um the Tyreek Hill touchdown um with like a minute left. Okay. So, 878-5104 is the number to call us and give us your thoughts on the Bills crushing loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. You're listening to The Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. Finding a job in the bartending industry can be rough. You need to be employed to get experience, and in order to get experience, you need to be employed. Here enters Bartenders Professional Training Institute, licensed by the New York State Education Department, training students since 1992. Located at 3815 Delaware Avenue in Kenmore is a 40-hour intensive hands-on training featuring an alcohol awareness certification, as well as learning about the different kinds of beer, wine, liquors, and everything in between. You leave this institute with confidence and security inside their job placement program, as well as knowledge about the industry and customer service skills. With a completely flexible schedule, you can finish the class in as little as two weeks. For more information, call 716-874-9112 or visit www.bartenderprotraining.com. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Ready for radio that's challenging, innovative, and encouraging? Tune in, living for the people. This is L. Nathan Hare. Join me right here, 91.3 FM WBMY, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 9 a.m. after Amy Goodman's Democracy Now! We'll provide objective analysis regarding current issues. Call 878-5104. It's Living for the People on 91.3 FM WBMY. 91.3 FM WBNY is proud to present Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. Welcome to Democracy Now! Award-winning investigative journalism. Is the NRA imploding? Providing relevant analysis that makes you think. Secret State Department documents, including evidence of U.S. war crimes. Fact-finding reports you will not hear elsewhere. Democracy Now! airs Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. on 91.3 FM WBNY Buffalo. Hi, I'm Ben Affleck. The only thing better than playing a hero in the movies is being a hero in real life. Like the 50,000 veterans who returned from Iraq and Afghanistan with devastating injuries. They are true heroes, and they're why I'm proud to support Paralyzed Veterans of America. They make sure veterans with spinal cord injuries get the care and support they need at no cost to them. To learn more, visit pva.org. That's pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. 
Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. From the 19 in 17 seconds. Down the middle to the end zone, and there it is! Touchdown number four on the night for Davis. That was the Nansen Romo call uh, on the CBS broadcast. Let me um, just say, I don't want Tony Romo commentating another Bills game. His The two he did this year was the overtime loss to the Bucks and the overtime loss last night. Ugh. We've uh, had a lot love, of bad luck with Nance and Romo because I, I remember Romo, he's a great. Oh yeah, great he is. And I, I will say, I remember when he like, and let me tell you the the third touch, the third touchdown, the one that gave him the lead. Oh my! <laughs> I, I was like, you need ice to those ankles. Oh my god, that was, that was incredible, beautiful route. I mean that fourth and thirteen. That is ridiculous. I know, and honestly, when that went like right, the play before was the Singletary, like he caught yeah. it and then just, lost seven yards. Yeah, and I was just like, he honestly should have just dropped it. He yeah. was, he was not. It was not like he was far away from the line of scrimmage, no. and or, well, like well, not from the line of scrimmage, but from where mm-hmm. everybody was, and uh, that just I don't know, man. It was like. 13 seconds. That's that's really all I could say is just 13 seconds. The, you were 13 seconds away from possibly, obviously you would have gone to the AFC Championship game. You would have hosted an AFC Championship game. And a generation of Bills fans are seeing would be seeing something that they'd never seen before, like in a home Bills AFC Championship game, and to top it all off, you probably would have came in as a seven-point favorite. What is Kansas like? I feel like Kansas City right now is probably a seven-point favorite. Oh, probably after um, after yesterday. Yeah, I would, um, I would not be surprised. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at that. But um, so I don't like to dwell on losses. Um, this one's a little different. Uh, more of a modern day Music City miracle as this generation's true like first disappointment. This um, this honestly like next level disappointment. Um, but there's a silver lining in everything, and, and I think the biggest silver lining for me is that Allen is going to be our quarterback for the next ten to fifteen years if everything goes as planned, and he went like supernova in the playoffs this year oh god which, he had a perfect postseason basically he had, from a quarterback he had 12 incompletions the entire postseason no he i think had it was, nine touchdowns i think it was 14 because he no, had nine no i'm CBS. talking i'm talking about 14 incompletions oh no 12 12 cbs just posted he had 12 incompletions and nine touchdowns okay because i know that he had i thought it was because he know i know he had four in the new england game and let me just tell you was, i was at the game and that was the best game I'd ever gone to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will tell you that it was it was cold, but I was really warm. I mean, maybe it's because I like it was. It did not feel like it was wind chill of minus two. But um, I, I think one thing I wanted to ask you, but when we went to break, was do you think that? 
the Bills, sh- you know, they should they have um, I I don't know what I'm going to say, but like should they have they they should not have played the sidelines on the th- with 13 seconds left. I think it might have been not only bad execution but bad knowledge of the fact that they had three timeouts left. It looks like a so it looked on the broadcast as if it was a sideline prevent. But now that the all 22 is out, it looks more like it's just a soft cover 2, which they play they played it too soft. And whether or not that's coaching or execution like from the players, I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume it's coaching. Um, if you see your players lined up in the way you don't want them to be, you would call a timeout. Um, and we had the timeouts to call there. I I will say though, they they just tried to leave everything in front of them and make tackles in the middle of the field, which I get. I understand the philosophy behind it. Um, but I mean, at this point in the game, your your defense can't stop anything. Neither defense can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, on to play devil's advocate here. If they come out and they're running a real tight defense like they had been for most of the game, and all of a sudden Tyreek Hill sneaks behind Dane Jackson and breaks off a 75-yard touchdown, we're having a much different conversation about how we should have handled the defense. So it ultimately comes down to execution. And And I think if you're going to give up points at that point in the game, which you you obviously do not want to, but there's certain things you can't stop. And sometimes when Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill are playing the way they were yesterday, they were unstoppable. In three, I mean, 13 seconds is 13 seconds, but three timeouts makes 13 seconds a heck of a lot longer than it was. So realistically, they had four plays to get 40 yards is what it came down to. And that is a lot for the Chiefs. That's more than enough for Kansas City. Clearly, they did it. They did it in like two. So, it's now, you're going to probably score and send this to overtime. You kind of have that in the back of your mind. Just don't give up a touchdown. Make it a coin flip. And it is what it is. And it came down to a coin flip. Yeah. And I want to, you know, I also want to know, for people listening, like I said, 878-5104 is the number. Call us, please. We would love... Love to hear your thoughts on the game, but this happened, what, three years ago with Kansas City, how they advocated for the overtime overtime rules. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that's so disappointing about this entire game is that you had Josh Allen on the field, you had Josh Allen just pull off a big drive and didn't touch the ball in overtime. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that it really just came down to a coin flip. Um, all regulation, all that happened in regulation aside, whoever won the coin toss was winning that game. You will not, I will die by this, that you will not convince me that if the Bills win the coin toss, anybody on that Chiefs defense is stopping Josh Allen. He looked... He looked possessed the entire postseason. He looked possessed. And there's there's only so much you can do if you're the Chiefs. So for as bad as the Bills' defense was, 
and they were bad, Kansas City gave up almost more points than they did in last time. The Bills' offense just had one less possession. I guarantee you they would have scored seven or six because they didn't need the extra point in overtime. They would have scored six. It just came down to a coin flip. I would have loved... I would love to see the overtime rules adjusted to where both teams get one shot and then it's sudden death. I, I don't know if that really changes much, but I would have just loved to see Allen get one more go because I know he could have done it. And it's frustrating that the season ends the way that it did. But, again, we have Allen for the next 10 to 15 years, and you just need to be as good as you can for a long period of time and eventually one of these games is going to go our way. It may not be next year. may not be five years from now. But we got Allen for a long time. Let's enjoy every week that we have him as our quarterback. Because it is a privilege. It's not, not a lot of teams have a top three quarterback in the league. We're one of them. This game took the league by storm. I mean, look at social media today. Fans from, like, Philadelphia are freaking out about this game. And the Bills quarterback, the Buffalo Bills quarterback, was probably the best player on the field last night, if not the second best. I mean, like, we are in a position now that teams are dying to be in. Like, they really are. So while the result did not go our way, there's a lot to learn from this game. There's going to be a lot of staff changes this offseason, which we can touch on a little bit later. So for as much as you have to learn from this game, and I know nobody wants to hear that, especially right now, this is a growing pain. This is a this is a growing pains. Um the Bills and Kansas City are on par with each other. Kansas City is not a much better team. There is not a big distinction in the level between Kansas City and the Buffalo Bills right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I really do think that it, who like they were honestly two. They were equally matched teams. Mm-hmm. It just even if you th- even if you think about it, if this was the other way around. If well, well, a couple things. One, if if Josh Allen had gotten thirteen seconds to drive such and such yards, With three timeouts, he would have three timeouts. Yeah, he would have done it too. Yeah. So as far as I, I mean, he I know drove down the field and yeah, he drove down the field and scored a touchdown. I know, I know you're on the phone, but I literally just said that if like the defenses were not going to stop anything, and I mean, at a certain point, nobody was going to stop Allen. He just never got another chance. Nobody was going to stop Mahomes. He had the ball last. Mm-hmm. That was really what it came down to. It it, it really was, and that we we'll we'll get, we'll dive into the other games too. Um, but that game really solidified the fact that if anybody has doubters about Josh Allen, they need to just shut their mouths right now because Josh Allen played two perfect games. And one of them was against the, you know, against the number, the number two defense in the NFL, put 47 up on them in 
frigid temperatures where it's probably hard to catch the ball, and he threw five touchdowns and four incompletions. I remember watching, rewatching that game on TV, and when I saw it said, like, Allen was 11 for 15, and it was, like, maybe some way through the second quarter, and I was like, <laughs> he's not going to throw another incompletion. <laughs> but I, so I just, like, found this on Twitter. It's, like, the overtime content context of the game the current overtime rules are no sudden death unless the team that gets the ball first scores a touchdown this rule was implemented in 2000 in the 2010 playoffs and the 2012 regular season but that that i feel like is such a huge problem that it came down to a coin toss I'm not saying make this into college rules where you put whoever gets the coin toss, you put the ball at the 35-yard line, and you try and score. Because these athletes, you could probably score a touchdown from the 35-yard line, honestly. I mean, they, they Josh Allen threw, threw a touchdown at, the, um, one play in the 70, at, the 70, at his own 25. But I, I mean, maybe it's because I'm sour about this and that we lost, but... I think that they could there should have been a chance for Josh Allen to go on the field because in my honest opinion there would not have been anybody they would not have gotten um any like they they probably would have easily just as just like what Kansas City did marched down the field and scored a touchdown but with these rules you are if the opponent and it happened to Patrick Mahomes his second year. It happened to um, the Falcons in the Super Bowl. A coin toss is really what has decided the game for the for in overtime, and it's just it just stinks. I mean, I would I would love to see the overtime just be whoever gets a stop on defense defense first wins. No, this is this is honest. Like <laughs> now, this might be a little bit crazy, and I don't think they would ever do this, but. What would be awesome is to actually put the um, run through the entire quarter like mm-hmm. they do in the NBA. In yeah, overtime, just make it another period. Make it another quarter. Yeah. Whoever has uh, whoever uh, has the most points at the end of the game wins. Yeah, I would be completely fine with that. That would actually— Make it make it a 10-minute quarter, too. It doesn't even yeah, need to be 15 minutes. And, you know, it doesn't need to be 15 minutes, and it's in—you know, I, I mean— and it, I know that, like, in, in hockey, um, overtime is like, five minutes. And then once it gets into the pl- postseason, it goes to 15 minutes or 20 yeah, minutes. 20 minutes. So, but that would be, like, I, I honestly was thinking, like, give two people the possession. See what, like, so, because if you do score on the first possession, if you get the ball first, that at least gives um, the team an obviously... Josh Allen was, I don't know if you would say he was the better player on the field I, that day well, or it that was, night. It's it, hard because they were both in command of that game. I, like, they were the two best players on the field, undoubtedly. And I wouldn't even say one was necessarily better than the other. I will tell you that I thought it was really cool to see the, um, to see the, after you know, mid celebration, Patrick Mahomes just decides to 
you know, after, you know, celebrating, he literally runs around the field looking for Josh Allen. Yeah, that was cool. I, I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, every every year Mahomes moves up the list for me on my most hated NFL player. Yeah. Um, I really can't. <laughs> I, I I don't want to say I hate him because, I mean. I despise when, him. When, when he, I can't hate him because he almost won me my fantasy league after abysmal of people were out at the end of the season. But, um really it, when you when it comes down to it it was like we were they, people were saying it's going to come down to who gets the ball last and obviously you know Josh Allen didn't get after he scored that last touchdown didn't see the field at all and you know I remember after the the touchdown to take the lead after the 2 minute warning just seeing like like he had like fire in his eyes he was like possessed. yeah and I was just like, there's no way we're going to lose this game. It's, it's also interesting, too. He's going into the offseason now playing probably his best two games of his career back-to-back. And, I mean, how angry he must be right now. I mean, this like, we talk about, as Bills fans, that this is, this is, I don't know where this ranks on heartbreaking loss. I Probably think, right behind wide right. I, I would honestly say this goes behind wide right because, mm-hmm. you know, wide right will probably not top anything else. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hope, like, this is, I will never get over this loss until they either win a Super Bowl. Pro, I, that's what I'm saying. Either they win a Super Bowl or they get to the Super Bowl. And even if they do get to the Super Bowl, I'm still going to have that thought of, can they still do it? You know, yeah. they honestly, like, like I said, uh, with everybody that was left, I was saying if the Bills win that went won that game. Right now, looking at, uh, I, I looked at scores. Um, the the Rams are a three and a half point favorite over the Forty ers and the Chiefs are a seven point favorite. You're not going to tell me that the Bills would not have been. A seven-point favorite. They absolutely would have been. Um, yeah, I I really going into the overtime. I thought whoever won that game was probably going to end up winning the Super Bowl. Obviously, you have to get through the Bengals, which are a good team. Joe Shiesty is pretty good, um, but at home for both teams, I mean Kansas City, I think is just going to slaughter them. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be close. I think the Bills would have slaughtered the Bengals too. Um. Yeah, and then the Niners and Rams. I mean, the Chiefs and Bills are just a level above the three teams left. Yeah, and probably what's going to happen is the Chiefs are going, probably going to win the Super Bowl. It's probably going to be Chiefs Rams. which yeah. could be interesting. That that would. I'll know. be I'll be rooting for Stafford and the Rams, but I think Same the Chiefs here. will win. All right. Uh, we uh eight seven eight fifty one zero four. Nick in Amherst, you are on the Blitz on WBNY. Go right ahead. Hi, guys. Uh, good afternoon. How you well, doing, Nick? I don't know uh, how far you guys have uh, delved into the game yesterday, but uh, I just wanted to add a few things about my game. As much as I'm sure all of us were heartbroken and how that 13 seconds you know, could make a difference in the game, I just wanted to say like how great of a game it was. You know, We've had some one-sided affairs in the last couple matchups between the two, and, you know, a lot of people were saying this could be the quarterback matchup, you know, for decades to come, which I'm sure all of us hope it will be. 
And, you know, if this is what every game is like, man, I guess sign me up. It's thrilling. It's exciting. It's heartbreaking when you lose. But, I mean, it's this is what you want as a football fan. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so thanks for the call. Um, yeah, really. It, I mean, just in perspective, this is something to behold as a Bills fan. I mean, the entire, like, world was watching the game last night. Yeah. And, I mean, the amount of NFL players live-tweeting that game, the amount of fan bases that were invested in that, and our quarterbacks out there playing the best on the field. Like, he he was the second best or best player on the field last night. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it sucks that we lost. I hate that we lost. But at least we're in a position to lose a heartbreaking game in the playoffs. I'd much rather lose a heartbreaking game in the playoffs than not make the playoffs at all. That's true. I mean, let's... And this is going to come back to, honestly, can the Bills win in the postseason on the road? And this is, gonna, and this is also going to come back to games that you should have won. Like, I will probably come back to two games this season that the Bills should have won. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's only one game that the Bills lost where they were not in they were in position to win the game. Well, I, honestly, maybe even two because I don't know if the Bills were in position to win the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, uh, I at mean, the end of the game, but yeah, I mean if you take away the blocked punt, yes, then yes, but um but I will say that this this really proves that um, the Bills are going to be a team that's not going to go away. I don't know if you like. Th- we're talking. I think that if you want to get, uh, if you want to beat the Chiefs, I would honestly say you need to get a a Tyree Kill type of receiver, someone that could literally outrun you. And one thing I'm also, I mean, I'm going to be. This is going to sound really nitpicky, but. He, the the whole when he gave the deuces to um I think it was Matt Milano on his touchdown, uh, on that touchdown. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm honestly shocked that he didn't get flagged for it because officials have been calling that all season. Yeah, and um another thing was is that when once he once he broke free, I was like, score, get yeah. in the end zone. That's what I said. I wanted him to score there. Because, you and obviously, we saw a minute, two seconds on the cl- left on the clock. There's too much time. Yeah. Three timeouts. Boom, boom, boom. Touchdown. Or whatever. I, I don't remember how many plays it took. But not it, a lot. Yeah. Not a lot. They immediately drove down the field and scored a touchdown. Um, it is... It was... I, I will tell you that this was really a... It's it's it was really a great game, and um, this honestly, can you imagine like if this was like a a best of seven series or That'd something awesome. like that? I would well, first off, that like they'd have to play like every night, like they couldn't have like they'd have to do like two days in a row, and then. I mean, I, there's just there's just not enough time in the NFL NFL season to be able to do that. No, um, they'd have to like shorten the seasons like 
probably Biden. But it would be interesting, like, to just see these guys clash again. And they will. And they'll be playing. The Bills will be playing at Kansas City again. Um, I don't. Obviously, the schedule hasn't come out, but they'll be playing. You know, I I just want to get your. I mean, would you want to get your takes on? Could the Bills win these games, or should we wait till yeah. like? I mean, the Bills. I I don't like the take that the Bills can't win these close games because like they did they did that last season. Well, yeah, but I mean these these games so much goes into winning a close game like this that like quite literally if one play goes differently, if even if the coin flip goes differently, we're not having this conversation. It's not that like the offense wasn't doing enough to win these close games. The defense didn't do enough. Sure, the defense didn't do enough at the end. But, I mean, do, are you expecting the defense to stop the Chiefs every every possession? No, we knew this was going to be a shootout. I don't know why this is suddenly an issue that the defense can't make a stop when we knew that this was going to be the case. Mm-hmm. We knew the defense without Tredavious White was going to struggle against the Kansas City Chiefs. Most, I th- most people knew that. I don't think anybody went into the game saying, we're going to lock down the Chiefs again like we did earlier in the year. No. No. That was not possible. But now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, the Chiefs scored 42 points. What the heck? Where'd the defense go? Um... What do you want them to do? Like, they They have have the most dynamic offense in the NFL. It's... There's really... There's nothing you could have done. They played... Both teams played a basic perfect game. Yeah. Both of them had a quarterback rating over 130. And they were just, they were incredible. Like, if you were at that game, that was honestly such a treat. And obviously, if you're a Chiefs fan, it was even a better treat. You know, I, 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 I definitely will, like, I, I don't know if I'm still in a, state of shock thank god we have this show that we could do you know to just vent our frustrations and you know because you want you want to like when i after that game happened i just all i wanted to do was just i didn't know how i was going to get any sleep all i kept (laughs) thinking about like and especially after especially after the um uh after the the Cincinnati game, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna be up all night thinking like, if the Bills win, they're gonna be they're gonna be playing the AFC Championship game in Buffalo, and obviously we had to, like the and we had to linger on this for another few years, a few months, excuse me. Mm-hmm. But it is yep. it is. Oh I think I think my biggest takeaway is that the Bills need to do more to be a balanced team. Now, I'm not a run-heavy individual. I believe, especially with Josh Allen, our team should be per- pass first, second, and third. Um, however, we need to be able to make teams properly pay for playing these two high shells that they've been playing all year. Because, believe it or not, Devin Singletary should have had a lot more yards and a lot more touchdowns based on the looks we were given. Mm-hmm. Nobody is lying. No defensive coordinator is sitting in their office watching film of the Bills, and they're like, oh, we got to go stop Motor Singletary next week down in Buffalo. Like, no. They're inviting it. We don't have a true weapon out of the backfield. I loved Zach Moss last year, and he was awful this year. By far the most disappointing player. 
Devin Singletary was the only competent running back. But let's not confuse that with good. He did not have a good season. Not even close. He had a good end of the year. But I it's frustrating because you there's all those close games throughout the regular season that Allen was not 100% his best, which is fine. Every single quarterback every single year is going to have a couple bad games. It happens. Your team needs to be able to survive that. And, I mean, I guess we survived it. We won the division. But you're one game away from being the one seed. One win in Tennessee away from being the one seed. Yeah, if Josh Allen doesn't slip, like we were saying, AFC goes through Buffalo and... Last night is completely different. And not only would we... We wouldn't have played Kansas City because Kansas City might have been the three. Yeah, we would have played. We would have played Kansas City. It would have been in Buffalo. And you know, yeah, if we were to play Kansas City, it would have been in Buffalo. Even if you think about the Jacksonville game, if we had just beaten Jacksonville, mm-hmm. we would have had the and same. We were still close. We would have. If had we this... could, if we could have ran the ball at all, we would have beaten Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Now that's not all on Singletary. I understand the line was terrible. I think the two biggest positions in need right now are the interior of our offensive line outside of Mitch Morse, needs to be improved. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, Mitch Morse... Is a stud. I love yeah, Mitch Morse. He's However, the only one out of that entire offensive line. And Dawkins. St- well, I'm saying that started oh. every game. Yeah, Dawkins missed a couple games with COVID. But, um, yeah. but you just, you need... All Allen needs, I will tell you this, all Allen needs is a competent offensive line. That is not only capable of pass blocking decently, but can run. Can run block. And I don't know what it is. We just can't do it. And we did it when it didn't matter. Heck, we did it great against the Falcons. We ran the ball really well. We ran the ball really well against the Jets. But lo and behold, we play the what, the 31st ranked run defense yesterday. Allen ran well. He yeah. passed well. 11. He did. He did everything well. Josh Allen's like final stats were his like some just stats were Josh Allen went twenty seven for thirty seven, three twenty nine, four touchdowns, eleven carries for sixty eight yards. Gabe Davis had eight catches for two oh one and four touchdowns. What's uh, Devin Singletary's stat line? Um, let me check. I th- I think he only had like twenty yards rushing. Yeah. 10 carries for 26 yards Ooh, and a touchdown. A nice 2.6 yard per carry. You know, that's that's a real stud running back right there. I, I just I I don't think it's asking too much it's, to have a competent run it's game. It's also tough to see when you Diggs only have 3 catches for 7 yards. See, that's that's annoying. I would love Diggs to be involved, but I will say Diggs having a low stat line doesn't necessarily mean he had a bad game, especially when you see Davis having his eight catches, 200 yards, four touchdowns, because that means Diggs is attracting double coverage for most of the game and allowing Davis to be almost on an island on every play. So, sure. Like, I don't care if Diggs doesn't have great numbers just because he attracts so many defenders on the field. That's never going to show up on the stat sheet, but that's important. Mm -hmm. And Davis could not have the game he had without Diggs on the field, so I'm cool with it. However, going into this offseason, interior line needs to be addressed. For some reason, 
Find find a. I would honestly use your first round pick to find a guard. Yes. You if know. if not, a, yeah, a guard, whatever. Um, I I just I don't know what it is. This coaching staff and management is great at a lot of things, but for some reason, they cannot build a good offensive line no. for the life of them. Ryan Bates looked great this year. But it took 16, 17 weeks to get him on the field. We're throwing Cody Ford out there against Jacksonville and sitting Ryan Bates on the bench. What a joke. Yeah. Like, uh, I honestly, the difference between Bates and Ford in that Jacksonville game may have won us the game. Yeah. All right. All right. We got to take a quick break and we'll be right back. 878-5104 is the number to call. Give us your opinion on the Bills' heartbreaking loss over the Kansas City Chiefs. You're listening to 91.3 FM WBNY. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control. And priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. <laughs> now this one is brutal and wild. Yes, Buffalo, once again, you are in tune with the Stepping Out Sound Session. Your host, Universal, here every Sunday night, 5 to 9 p.m., 913 WBNY Buffalo. DJ Universal in the place. Stepping Out Sound Session. Reggae Radio, every Sunday night, 5 to 9 p.m., 913 WBNY Buffalo. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. This is a world of possibilities. A world in which people who put their minds to something can really make a difference. My goal is to help the environment. Someday I'll find a cure for cancer. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we believe that aspiring minds can achieve anything. So we dedicate ourselves to making sure everyone has an opportunity to go to college. Each year, we provide more than $150 billion in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about Money for College at studentaid.gov. Don't live in Buffalo but want to listen to WBNY? No problem. Download the Radio FX app and listen to us anytime, anywhere. The Blitz, Talking Peace, Living for the People, Democracy Now!, and much more here on 91.3 FM, WBNY. 
This is the Groovy Grave Creeper, your delightful host of Cemetery Go-Go. You can hear it here every week on WBNY 91.3 FM, Buffalo's original alternative since 1982. Brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. We'll leave the gates open so you can slither in. Broadcasting live from Buffalo State College, here is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Welcome back to The Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. 91.3 WBNY is Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982. Brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. I am Evan DePasquale with uh, Alex Spencer with me. And we've been talking about basically the heartbreaking loss on oh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, we were talking about, I I think that really, if you look at it, we are talking about just how you got to stop Hill and Kelsey, and they both went off. But, I mean, so Tyreek Hill had 11 catches for a buck 50 and a touchdown, and Travis Kelsey had 8 for 96 and a touchdown. Um, but it was just, I will tell you that one of my, one, like, after the, 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 one of the punts, I think, that set up uh, a field goal that had them go up like 26-21. I was... I will say that... Well, first off, a good tackle by Matt Hawk. Yeah, I was actually... (laughs) The first punt in the game, I was... My whole family was over. We were watching the game, and I said Matt Hawk was our weapon X for the game, that he was going to save the game. And... On that first punt, he drilled it down to the two, which was a beautiful punt, the best he has had all season. And he actually did probably save the game with that tackle on Tyreek Hill. So that did kind of come true. Uh, that was a clutch tackle. Um, Tyreek Hill is just a monster. I mean, he's such a good player. I know. Such a per- awful person, but such a good player. <laughs> I, I I know. Like, I, I will tell you, like, you know, in my per- in my, like... Just like away from the mic, I was probably saying awful things about him. People but, are people are donating in ten dollar increments to a domestic abuse fund oh in my, Kansas City. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! Yeah. Oh, uh, but really, thankfully, like, thankfully for his family, they won the game. So. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Did you see the win probability yes. of this game? Ridiculous. Like in the fine like okay, so it's twenty one twenty six and then uh at the two minute warning and then um and then all of a sudden it jumps up to Buffalo it went from Kansas City eighty two percent chance of winning to Buffalo. 75% chance at winning or something like that. Or, or and then it went to 93 and then at I think on the I don't know like uh yeah, it was on the 
if I could, I wish I could zoom on this better or something like that or get a bet. But basically it looked like if you were to have like a heart attack when you like the meter on your, uh, like the, the IV meter or whatever the heck it's called goes through the roof. That that's what basically those last two minutes were that Kansas city had like, they didn't have the game, but like it looked like Buffalo had the game in the bag. Then Kansas City came down, scored a touchdown, looked like they had the game in the bag. And then the Bills did it, and they thought the game was over. And, oh, my goodness. Just really what a game, honestly. Like, I, it sucked having, you know, after losing in the AFC Championship game last year, Stefan Diggs sitting, standing out on the field, watching the confetti fall and them celebrating and really like what it comes down to like the only way you this is what you have to do you have to get Patrick Mahomes on the road in a playoff game mm-hmm. he has not in his what four year five year career? never never played no has not played a road playoff game he has played in his first playoff game, they, his first uh, season as a starter, they were the number one seed, had um, home field advantage, and then the next season when they won to when they won the Super Bowl, they were the number two seed. But um, Baltimore lost to Tennessee, which then made Tennessee come to Arrowhead. And then last year they were also the number one seed, and then this year they were the number two seed, and Tennessee loses to Cincinnati. So now, Patrick Mahomes, if I I just I'm just so frustrated the fact that we had the game in the bag mm-hmm. twice. Well, I don't know about twice, but it, yeah, it, well, a minute fifty four left for Mahomes is a lot of time. I did not think I knew the any game other quarterback. I don't besides think besides Brady. Brady's in Brady. Even, even Brady, I think, would not have been able to drive down with. I mean, if we're talking about the Bucks now, if they had Chris Godwin, maybe. Yeah, sure. But at full strength, the Bucks. You yeah. know, I I I will still say that you know, um, and also when I was hearing about, um, I don't I don't remember who it was, but like after the um. After the New England playoff game, when um, that guy on NBC Sports Boston said that the Bills were not good enough, I just hope that he knows that he needs to shut his mouth to... I I can't I don't know his name off the top of my head. I remember after the Bills lost in the Monday night game, he declared the Bills' 11-month reign to be over and... After the Bills lost, uh, beat uh, New England in the postseason, he said the Bills are not a good team. I think the Bills are probably the second or third best team in the league. You know, yeah, holistically. And who would who would you obviously Kansas City, but who would you say Tampa Bay? Yeah, and even then, I mean, I'd probably put Tampa Bay at third, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy that they lost one. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, when they had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, they they were elite. Did you see Antonio Brown's yes. tweet? He's <laughs> <After> a clown. 
Did you see what he was tweeting today about Bruce Arians? I did not, but I pull it up real after quick. the um, like after the Bucks lost. You know, there's been all the memes of Antonio Brown when he was running off the field. It looks like he kind of has like a sign in the air, and then he has a, and then he tweeted a sign that said "Bucks eliminated." So he he tweeted a picture, and it says Antonio Brown was low key right about everything. And on the picture, it's the Vegas Raiders logo. Obviously, we know what happened with Gruden and all that. Um, then there's a picture of, of Juju dancing on a logo. And then there's a picture of Bruce Arians hitting the player on the head. And then he, he captioned it, Barbarian at Bruce Arians. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. Can I just, like, I will honestly say the this wild card not the wild card weekend every game was a blowout except for the Dallas San Francisco game and i i want to know a couple things one do you and this is going back to the wild card round do you think that it is a good idea for there to be seven teams in the postseason i like it um see i don't I don't like it because you have a number two seed who honestly could be a number one seed mm-hmm. facing a team that shouldn't have been in the playoffs with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And but imagine, got, like, obviously it didn't happen this year, but imagine the upset. Like, eventually one of those seven seeds is going mean, to win. I mean, the seventh seed almost won last year when they played the Bills. I mean, that's only close game yeah. where 2-7. I think, my opinion, they should either get rid of it or they should add an add an eighth seed so the three and the eight play. No, or, I'm, I, I actually I and like... get and give a the because I mean obviously the number one seed is so much more important now. Mm-hmm. But the I kind of like the one by week. I, I I do like the system they got going on. Um, so just in a little bit of an update on the staff situation for the Bills. Nothing really big has happened yet. Um, Obviously, Joe Shane went to the Giants earlier this week. Um, There's reports now that Brian Dable and then the San San Francisco 49er offensive coordinator, I don't know the name off the top of my head, but those are the two finalists for the Miami Dolphins job. Mm. Um, Also, you would consider Brian Dable a finalist for the Giants job. I Which, think he'll get the giant job. I, I don't. I, don't I do know if, too. I would. Um, I would prefer him to get the giant job over the Miami. Job. I, I, I kind of want him to go to Miami. I think it'd be really funny. I, I, I like Brian Dable. I don't want to see him. <laughs> I don't want to see him in Miami. I don't want to have to. Because I'm not saying that he could beat us. No, no, no. But I. But I don't. I also don't. I think want. I want. Hot six, I don't think Brian Dable is going to be a good head coach. I mean, he doesn't strike me as the type. I mean, I mean, we'll see. I think one thing that he'll have to get used to is, well, first, I I wonder if he's going to try and if he gets whenever he gets a job because he'll probably get a job in this cycle. um, Oh, for sure. If he tries to take Ken Dorsey to be his OC, Um, I don't think so because Josh Allen basically just said uh, during his press conference that if. Brian Dable were to leave, which, I mean, he's the finalist for two positions. I'm assuming he's going to get one. He would like Ken Dorsey to be the next offensive coordinator. 
He follows it up with saying, obviously, it's not up to him. But if you're Brandon Bean and you have your franchise quarterback saying, hey, this is the guy I want. He's in-house already. He's our passing game coordinator. And our passing game has been the strength of this offense for the past two years. I just don't see why Dorsey doesn't get the jump. So, I mean, you have Allen advocating for Dorsey. I would not. I Okay, uh, let me break it down like this. If you're Ken Dorsey and Brian Dayball goes to the Giants and he says, Dorsey, I want you to come and be my offensive coordinator with Daniel Jones in New York. And you also have Brandon Bean saying, hey, Dorsey, we're going to make you the offensive coordinator here. Which one is he going to take? He's going to take the Buffalo job. Absolutely. Um. All right. Uh, we have more callers. 878-5104 is the number. Fred in Amherst, you're on WBNY on the Blitz. Go right ahead. Hi there. Uh, you didn't. You were you were sticking on offense for a minute, but I wanted to make a comment about the defense, of course, which is uh, the, the hotter topic today. And uh, Leslie Frazier. Well, my my experience in, with coaching is that uh, a really smart coach. Uh, football coach by any means, but a really smart coach adapts his or her uh, style or his or her choices to the personnel they have, and I'm not sure that uh, Leslie Frazier has done that successfully. And to say, how could you question him with the statistically number one defense in the league? Well, that that theoretically is going to be deceiving because uh, you have to adapt to the Kansas City Chiefs, and they have three superstars. Uh, Hill, Kelsey, and, and, and obviously their quarterback. And the Bills did not adapt from last year. The, the regular season game doesn't mean much because both teams are not going to give away the farm. So, so uh, the, the, uh, the, the postseason, there, was, there appeared to be no adjustments made. And they pull out a special play when they need a special play. And I don't know who has better special plays, but I don't think Frazier has handled it, and I hope he gets the Chicago job because uh, I think we need some new blood on the defensive coordinator side who is going to – and I hope we acquire a couple free agents that that can contribute right away, but I also hope that that we do something different on defense because we we are not – we're going not backwards, but, you know, Mahomes – has got eyes in the back of his head. Well, we've got to contain him so that he can't simply run away from the the people that are putting up a good pass rush. That you have to have a different structure and a different style. And when our uh, the two safeties who are interchangeable and superstars, he'll get the passing the crossing route, which is a special play, drawing everyone's attention to the left, and he's crossing to the right. He catches the ball because he's got a one one person, uh, you know, uh, covering him, and he's the fastest player in the league, the, the safety has to either bite forward and hit him as he's catching the ball and recognize what's going on in this play, or he's got to take a different pathway to go tackle him, like he's got to turn way upfield. I, I, I'm just, I'm, I hate to be so invested in this game that we, we lost and could have won, but it's just, you know, I think we just need something different on defense for next year. So I'll, I'll uh, listen to you guys' comment. Thank you for listening to thank, me. Thank you for the call, Fred. Yeah. Um, I would. So I struggle a little bit with what you were saying because I, I do think that 
for the most part, our hands were kind of tied this year, um, yeah. in the postseason at least, because I think the regular season did obviously it doesn't mean anything now beating Kansas City in the regular season, but the way we defended them was a lot different than the way we did now, and it was a lot different than we did in the postseason. So I think there was adjustment made, but not having Trey White, you don't have the horses to run a defense differently. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. Um, I I do agree with getting new blood in here, um, and I do think regardless, Frazier is going to probably get the Chicago job, um, which is a good opportunity for him, and I wish him the best. Um, but I do think getting new blood in here would be good. But at, I think what it ultimately comes down to is we just did not have the horses. You can crawl, you can call up any play you want. I don't agree with the play calling at the end of the game, but for the most part, we did okay, I guess. Um, even on that Hill touchdown at that point in the game, it's better to let him score because you don't want them to just milk the clock um, at the end of the game and then not even give your offense a chance. So obviously they didn't let him score. Um, I think Hyde took a bad route on or a bad pursuit angle. Mm-hmm. But, and, so, and, so did, and he just blew right past Poyer, honestly. Yeah. I mean, that was just a superstar play by Hill. Um, but ultimately, I mean, it was in the team's best interest that he just scores there. I don't know. It's, obviously, it's I would I would love to draw up a better way to defend Kansas City, but nobody in the NFL has figured out how. This isn't a specific Bills issue. This is a league-wide thing. Nobody knows how to stop them because there just is not a way. If you neutralize Tyreek Hill, Travis, Travis Kelsey's, Kelsey's on the other side yeah. of the field. If you somehow, which we did in the regular season, contain Hill and Kelsey, you have Miko Hardman, Jarek McKinnon now came out of nowhere. Byron Pringle. Byron Pringle. They, I mean, they're just stacked. Like it's, we have, we have one Isaiah McKenzie. There is. And they have. They were talking about it on GR. They have like four Isaiah McKenzies over in Kansas City. It's and ridiculous. It was. It's not like that. This is like that. There. That it's not like we're the only people that they do this to. They do this to everybody. Yeah. And it's just a matter of. You know, outscoring them, outscoring them. And, you know, that like that's what we've been talking about. Like a lot of times is, you know, you can have a great defense, but you have to really what it comes down to is scoring points and getting offense. Really, really with Kansas City, the thing on defense is you just need to get one more stop in their defense. You don't need to stop their offense because you're not going to. That's you, you can invest another first round and second round pick into the defensive line this year. Guess what? It's not going to do anything. Kansas City's still going to drop 35 on us in the playoffs next year if we beat them. And let's also remember, when like when people said they found the formula to beat Kansas City in the Super Bowl, that was with a banged-up offensive line where everybody, maybe one person, was out of position, mm-hmm. and Mahomes was playing on like a broken foot. Yeah. so He could not move. The reason why they also were able to win that game, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm yelling at Fred or whatever. I appreciated the call. I Absolutely. loved it. I thought it was a very detailed well analysis. Thought, well, well thought. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just. It's frustrating because I would love for there to be a way to like, to stop them. But they're yeah. just not. It's it's just, it's just a matter of putting up more points. And obviously they did it. They, they obviously put up the mo- most points and they, it was. It's 
it's what this is what happens. This is a passing scoring points. This is what everybody expected. This, people weren't expecting this to be like 14 to 12. Yeah, or, four, like, yeah, 14 10. This wasn't supposed to be like games that were happening on Saturday. My score prediction was like 41 to 38, which is actually pretty darn close. I you know, I didn't make a score prediction. I mean, we would have we would have been in the the studio yesterday. I mean, not yesterday on uh Last week on Monday, but it, the weather was so bad. Uh, there was a travel advisory warning for yeah. me. I just it was just not safe for us to get to get here. And but um, I will I will just say though that the the formula to beating the Chiefs is not necessarily doing anything really different on defense. My I mean, except for the one thing that they have to change is if you're somehow in that 13 second situation again, you handle it differently. But that's obviously very subjective and situational. You'd never may be in that situation with them again. However, it should become just building an offense that is on par with Kansas City. Because I, I I would argue that our po- offense is almost on par with them. We're just a weapon or two away. Yeah. The, like, I really... Truly dynamic. Like, if you take Emmanuel Sanders out, and I loved Emmanuel Sanders all year... But if you replace Emmanuel Sanders with somebody with like top end speed, I still that is I will that I'll tell a, you I'll still I still want to keep Cole Beasley because uh, I know people are going to say we have uh, someone cheaper in Isaiah McKenzie, but I still think that Cole and this was also what they were talking about on GR that this is something that the Chiefs have that the Bills don't, and that's play receivers. That can get yards after the catch. Yes, there that are. Is, that is what we I, need. Beasley is not really oh, yeah. much of a yards after the catch type of player, and um, and you know, G- Gabe Davis had that. You know, I don't that he threw the ball around uh, on that seventy-five yard touchdown. He threw the ball. Air yards. Yeah, he, that was <laughs> what a bomb that was, honestly. So, actually, Sal Capaccio tweeted um, earlier in the week before the game um, a stat that was pretty much online with what you were just saying about Yak. Um, so, Josh Allen's average length of pass from the line of scrimmage to target was 8.2 yards this season, which is seventh. But his average yards after catch from receivers was 4.24 yards, which is second last. 31st in the entire NFL. Patrick Mahomes' average length of target was 24th this year with 7.33. But the yak generated from his receivers was second with 6.18. So the offense in KC is more just put the ball in Kelsey or Hill's hands and they're going to just explode. I mean, you look at the 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 the, tu- the touchdown that uh, um, Hill had, that was like a 10, that was a that was 10 yards in the air and he just outran everybody with yep. yards after the catch. And, and I'm not, and I'm, not I'm not using those stats to try and discredit Mahomes. Obviously he's yeah. a top two quarterback in the league and that's not going to, no, he's going to doubt that. It's just the way the offense is built. It's more of a yak offense where the bills offense is pretty much Allen just throwing the ball 20 yards downfield. And then the receiver generates maybe three yards after the play. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I I do think that that's the next step for this offense is getting somebody who can turn almost not necessarily something or something out of nothing, but like they can just get that extra like fifteen yards that you just didn't get before. And I don't know, 
I don't know how we get that, uh, whether it's through the draft. I, I'm on the mind that we cut Beasley, save the $6.1 million, um, and I want to target Braxton Berrios from the New York Jets. He's an impending free agent. He is their current slot receiver. And do you still keep Isaiah McKenzie? Yes, he would be maybe our. I don't know if Dorsey would be able to make him a Debo Samuel type. Obviously, he's not nearly as good as Debo Samuel, but I think he could play that role pretty well. Um, so more, he wouldn't even be like a receiver four. He'd be more like he would have his own spot on the depth chart, where he just kind of does something that nobody else on your team can, which is fine. He has a role on this team. But Braxton Berrios is kind of similar to Cole Beasley. Um, he's pretty decent at getting open in zone. He's a little bit younger, um, if my memory serves me right. This is off the top of my head. Let me look it up. Um, and he has had some success in New York, which is <laughs> saying a lot. Yeah, he's 26. Um, yeah, he had a, a decent amount of success. Um, he was a first-team All-Pro as a kicker turner this year too so kind of stabilizing a position on special teams as well as taking somebody who had 46 catches 431 yards and you're probably also going to get rid of matt hawk too yeah sure um i think you new punter but or i honestly think we can just cut him and then keep the guy we got on our practice squad i'm sure he's fine um but Berrios would essentially play that slot role. Um, he's not utilized as he should be in the uh, in the Jets system, which is not surprising because it's the Jets. Um, but I think he could pretty much just play the Cole Beasley role, but you can get that for another four or five years. Um, so I, I, in terms of free agency, and I'm one of these episodes I want to have like my off season prediction breakdown almost yeah i mean um, probably at the uh, once you know one at the end of the super bowl we can yeah. probably like the week after the super bowl because you know i also need we'll times be... to start reading into some of these prospects too because i gotta That's do a true. mock draft and i have not done any of that <laughs> um but barrios is probably gonna end up being my free agent target number one and i don't know if we really can afford to sign many free agents i would not expect many but I could see a cutting of Cole Beasley and then just replacing him with somebody like Barrios. Because mm-hmm. we we desperately need youth on offense. I mean, we have a lot of aging receivers and the Sanders and Beasleys. and we, we have Davis and Diggs. Diggs isn't young, but he's not old either. Diggs is, I think, 27, 28? Yeah, 27, so, I think. 28, like maybe. That. So, yeah. It's not, it's he's not, not old, but yeah. he's not young. But mm-hmm. then you have Davis, who's pretty young. You have McKenzie, who's like, what, 27? Yeah. Kind of in the same boat as Diggs. We need a younger receiver. Um, I would also not be against drafting another guy. I wouldn't be either. All right, we got to take a quick break. Uh, We'll be back, and we'll probably we'll make our championship predictions, and then we'll um, make our champion. Champion. I mean, we're probably going to pick the same thing for championship and Super Bowl, um, possibly. Um, But. And then I also want to get into like who will who's gonna like win some NFL awards since there's only th- real three more games left. There's the championship games and then the Super Bowl. So eight seven eight fifty one zero four is the number to call us. You are listening to the Blitz here on ninety one point three FM WBNY. 
Right now, our country feels divided, but there's a place where people are coming together. I gotta tell you, I was nervous to talk to someone so different than me. Me too, but I'm glad we are. Love Has No Labels and One Small Step are helping people with different political views, beliefs, and life experiences come together through conversation, and it feels good. Wow, your story is so... uh, Interesting? Yeah. (laughs) When people actually sit down, talk, and listen to one another, they can break down boundaries and connect as human beings. At lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step, you can listen to amazing, life-changing conversations and find simple tools to start a conversation of your own. I know one thing. This conversation gives me hope. It gives me a lot of hope, too. Take a step toward bringing our country and your community together by having the courage to start a conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and America's largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal law enforcement agencies through our many varied programs, including free safety equipment donations, free officer survival training, cash donations, and condolence letters to the family of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty. USDSA also offers college scholarships for the dependent children of law enforcement along with the citizen awareness program and thank you cards to law enforcement. These are just some of the ways United States Deputy Sheriff's Association assists America's law enforcement and the citizens they serve. For more information about United States Deputy Sheriff's Association or to see how you can help, visit www.usdeputy.org. United States Deputy Sheriff's Association, taking training to the next level because lives are on the line what makes essential workers essential we build safe roads for you to drive on we harvest fresh produce for your families to eat we help you heal when you're sick we get you where you need to go we keep where you work and live clean and safe we make sure you get what you need to make your household work you're the essential workers who help our nation run You're in every city, town, and corner of our country, and you come from all over the globe. And you have essential protections under the law. I'm Marty Walsh. The Wage and Hour Division at the Department of Labor helps ensure you receive the essential protections you deserve. If you have questions about your pay or about your job protection during an illness, visit our website or call 866-4US-WAGE. That's 866-487-9243. We can provide help in more than 200 languages. Brought to you by the United States Department of Labor. Welcome back to the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. You know, it it was fun doing picks when the Bills were still in it. (laughs) I don't know how much fun this is going to be anymore, but... We'll still do it. I mean, this is really like, I mean, this is like been one of my favorite parts of the season. Like the the show is this been is just able depressing. To... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are we starting with? All right. AFC, we'll, NFC. Uh, we'll start with the AFC because it's the first. It's the All first right. game. All right. I'm gonna take this then. Um. So I know I said earlier in the show that Joe Joe Shiesty and the Bengals are gonna get annihilated by whoever they play in the. AFC Championship, but I was just kidding. Listen, <laughs> Joe Scheist, he's going to light up another cigar. He's going to walk into Arrowhead, 
and he's gonna whoop Patrick Mahomes, his brother, and his annoying wife, and they're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I love it. Did you hear that she actually sprayed champagne on the that. stands? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> First up, where's she where is she getting this? Well, I mean, they're in a press box. I'm sure she that I mean she's also Patrick Mahomes' wife. She can do whatever she's she wants. She's also privileged. Yes. Very privileged. But okay. I hope this game ends up like last night. I really do. Yeah. I my heart wants to say the Bengals. But my head is saying that it's, it's <laughs> going to be the I Chiefs. Know. I don't know if the Bengals offensive line can hold up oh, against God. the Chiefs, If man. they play like they did on Saturday. And they're going to. They're awful. I, that's why I was like, if the Bills win this, they're going to literally blitz the hell out of them. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you got to worry about Jamar Chase and stuff. And we'll see how Tyron Matthew is going to be. But I'm, pick, I'm picking the Chiefs in this one. I, so. I realistically think the Chiefs are going to win. But for the sake of... Our mental health. I'm picking the Bengals. You know, I and and I just don't want to see for three straight for six straight years the AFC had two teams in the Super Bowl. Yeah. New England three straight times and now Kansas City three straight times. Yeah. Um Mahomes for next year is gonna be the new Tom Brady for me. I'm gonna bet against him every single week and I may be wrong and it may tank my schedule or my record again, but I don't care. I'm betting against him. <laughs> well, You'll be doing that uh, without me because, unfortunately, I will not be here next year with uh, graduating uh, college. All right. Um, Niners-Rams in the 630 game. All right. Well, seeing as Jimmy Garoppolo is the best quarterback left in this bracket, (laughs) the Niners and Kyle Shanahan are going to run down the throats of Sean McVay, and Matthew Stafford is going to look like prime Jared Goff. And the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl, baby. Oh, oh well, no, no. It, well, yeah, that would be a rematch of, I was going to say, that would be a rematch of a Super Bowl. What yeah. you just picked, Super Bowl 23, Bengals, Niners. You know, uh, I actually, I made a bracket before the playoffs started, and I could show you the date and everything, and I had the Niners in the Super Bowl. The Niners are not a team, but, you know, I just, I just don't think Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> He's <and> awful. <laughs> he is. They didn't put up an offensive touchdown that entire game. That was. I watched that game from start to finish. I mean, that was the most painful game I have ever sat. Through. But let's be honest. They've done. They did it. They did it earlier, and they did it right before the postseason. They beat the Rams in L. A. They are five and zero against the Rams in the last, since twenty seventeen. I honestly. Whoever wins, it's going to come down to it. Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Yeah, I but mean, I'm just... going to I'm going to pick the Rams in this one because I, I I like Matthew Stafford and I want to see him in the Super Bowl. Yeah. If you, after you, I don't know if he really outdueled Tom Brady. Let me just tell you. <laughs> I don't know that that game was stressful though. Let me just tell you how awesome it was to finally see Tom Brady get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty called against him. That was great. He that one official did what everybody in America wanted him to do. Yeah. So I'm gonna pick the Rams in this one. So you have the exact opposite of what I have. Yeah. So who do you? Now you got Bengals Niners Super Bowl Fifty Six. Who you got? Ugh. 
Joe Shiesty is going to hoist the Lombardi. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I guess Joe Burrow wins the Super Bowl. Whatever. If, if, it, if it is that, I I will pick Joe Burrow to win that game too. Yeah, I don't want them to win the Super Bowl. I don't like the Bengals. I just hate the Chiefs more. I don't want anybody to win. Like, I want I want the Niners to win. The Niners I, have actually been my second favorite team for a long time. I want the Rams to win just so... Just to kind of just for Matthew Stafford. That's really what I want is yeah. just for Matthew Stafford. Um, but I'm I'm gonna pick the I'm gonna pick the Rams to be the Super Bowl champions in my bracket. Okay. Um, I I just I just don't think that. Well, first off, they're gonna be playing home in oh, their yeah. own stadium. That's true. That's the second time in a row that if from what I'm predicting, a team win. Plays the Super Bowl in its own home stadium. Yeah, that's true. Ugh, God, that's annoying. They should they should just start doing college stadiums. That'd be awesome having like the Super Bowl in like Alabama or something like that. Have the stadium at UB's Field. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, at Coyer Field at Buffalo State College. Yeah, Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Bills Niners. Mitch Trubisky leads the Bills to the Super Bowl victory against Jared Goff and the 49ers. One for the ages. <laughs> All right, so that those are our Super Bowl picks. Who do you have is, for your for your Super Bowl pick? Who do you have winning MVP? Joe Shiesty. Joe. I have Cooper Cup for for me. Okay, I would pick Cooper Cup to win MVP. Now, I wanted to get into NFL honors. Since, you know, there were only three games we picked, I wanted to see just some picks for who will win MVP, all that stuff. Who do you have as the NFL's MVP? And now Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's the first team all-pro quarterback by a far margin. He's going to win MVP. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like Rodgers, but he's going to win it. I I would have to agree with that. All right. Um, who do you think is going to? I'm going to like not focus on like assistant coach of the year because that's like kind of a pain in the butt as it is. Um, who do you think is going to win coach of the year this year? Probably Zach Taylor. That that's who I thought too. You know, it was either Zach Taylor or Mike Vrabel. Those are probably the two big ones yeah, but um, Zach Taylor took a team from being 2 and 14 to what did they go like 6 and 10 last year or whatever to a game away from the Super Bowl so yeah. I I would have to, I mean obviously it's a regular season award not yeah. a regular and postseason award but so regardless I, I would have Zach I would Taylor's. I would have Zach Taylor because nobody expected the Bengals to be nearly this no good. that that's so. the thing is when you can take a team that's that's why I've been getting so mad that Sean McDermott has not won a coach of the year he should have won coach of the year last year Sean has been getting on my nerves these past two seasons let me tell you. The way he's handled the playoffs has ticked me off. All right. Who do you have for Offensive Player of the Year? Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. It's got to be Cooper Cup. That, I will say that it's so disappointing because Jonathan Taylor was so good. But I think you're right because Cooper Cup honestly was the better 
better wide receiver. All right. And, you know, the better offensive player. All right. Defensive player of the year. TJ Watt. Yeah. Um, That's I know who I have too. I, I know Trayvon Diggs had all the interceptions, but he also But he also. So many yards. He had, yeah, over 1,000 yards against him. Yeah. And that's. Picks are not going to do much for you. No, when you're you, getting when a lot you tie of... an NFL record for sacks, that kind of puts you over the top. Yeah, and I mean, like a lot of interceptions. Like, yeah, that's cool, but quarterbacks are trying to take advantage of you by throwing the ball at you so much. If that's not a good thing. Sometimes you want corners to have low numbers because that means you're not getting targeted. Mm-hmm. Who is your offensive rookie of the year? Jamar Chase. It's not even close. If you were going to say Mac Jones, I was going to. I would rather I'd rather turn around and walk backwards into the sun than say Mac Jones. Mac Jones, he might be a finalist. Uh, but yeah. I I mean who else is like kind of competing with I mean maybe Jalen J, no not Jalen Waddle. Um there's nobody. No nobody. There's Jamar Chase, Mac Jones and uh who is the guy he just won the Heisman he won the Heisman last year uh is with the Eagles. Um Oh, Smith. Devontae Smith, yeah. Yeah, but no, I mean, but it's got to be. It's yeah. got to be. It's got to be. Su- not even close. You know, Jamar Chase. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, too. Now, for defensive. Michael Parsons. Yeah. Um, that uh, Put Dallas, right? Michael yeah. Parsons, yeah. That That's who I would have. What do you have, like 15 sacks? Something like, crazy like yeah. that. Yeah. He was a monster. Now, who is your comeback player of the year? Oh, this one's tough because, I mean, it's got to be Shiesty, right? I, coming off a torn ACL, and I know it's a regular season award, but a QB draw in a two-minute drill? Not even. Like, there's 20 seconds left. Do you want a QB draw? I know that's not on I know it's not on Dak. But Dak was up and down all season. He didn't have a consistent year. I, Either I think it, it's going to go to Dak, but I don't disagree with you. It should on... be Burrow. It should be. And I think he may win it. I do. I, think I, 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 w- I would like that, you know, uh, but I I, th- I think it's going to go to Dak just based off of the devastating injury. I mean, but Burrow tore his ACL. <laughs> Burrow tore his ACL, but it looked like Dak Prescott almost lost his leg or something like that. Yeah, well, it should be my boy, Shiesty. I, you know, I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um I will say, though, any other year, it's weird having two quarterbacks perform really well after devastating injuries. So any other year, I would not have an issue giving it to Dak. And if he wins it, like, okay, whatever, cool. Congrats. Because he did have a good year. But I think Burrow's just done better. Um, Now, for... Just, I'm just going to... I don't know if you have an assistant coach of the year. Um, no, there's, I, there's really I, nobody I, that I, I could think of. Um. Anthony Lynn from the Detroit Lions, their offensive coordinator. <laughs> really? I did. He's the he got OC? fired. He got fired. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm pretty sure he got fired. I don't know. Um, let, me, let me fact check that. I, I like to just say things and not know for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, this, is, this is what's great about uh, the college radio station. We could, you know. Um, but I Yeah, he did. He got fired January 9th. Yeah. I'm so smart. Yeah. <laughs> Um, for me, I, I'm not gonna. I don't know. Maybe Leslie Frazier. Maybe. 
If we're talking regular season, regular season, sure. Two shutties. That that choke job though. I know. Oh my god. Oh, I, that's a stain. I I don't know, man. But he might that that one game might might fault him for he might not get a head coaching job. I, honestly, they just tweeted. Uh, let me pull this up. So Ian Rappaport tweeted: The Bears are set to request second interviews. From Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn and ex-Lions coach Jim Caldwell. Colts defensive coordinator Matt Ebflers, however the heck you say that name, had a second interview on Wednesday. And Saints defensive coordinator Dennis Allen is interviewing tomorrow. No mention of Leslie Frazier. Oof. I mean, he may have lost him an opportunity to get a job after last night. Like, that's how bad that was. Yeah. Alright, um, where was I? Um, I'm not going to focus on Walter Payton Man of the Year. Harrison Phillips. Yeah, I was going to say Harrison Phillips. Um, now, it's just like, these are just like ridiculous things. The FedEx Air Player of the Year. Josh Allen. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say Tom Brady. Probably. Yeah, Brady. But it's probably going to go to Aaron Rodgers if he wins MVP again. Yeah, it'll it'll probably go to Rodgers. Go Rodgers. Um, the FedEx Ground Player of the Year, Taylor. Don- Jonathan Taylor. The Performance Play of the Year. Um, I don't know if there is one. There's not one that's really popping into my head. The QB draw in the playoffs from the Dallas Cowboys to lose the game. <laughs> I know it's a regular season. A I l- I love the fact that. Patrick Mahomes was able to drive 44 yards down the field <laughs> in less than 14 seconds, and Dak Prescott couldn't get, um, could, you know, ran a QB draw and slid and could not get the snap off. The you know, it day. was somebody somebody tweeted during the or, or directly after the game. Um, he said. Dak Prescott is somewhere smashing a keyboard over the fact that Patrick Mahomes didn't run a QB draw from his own 25 with 13 seconds left in a playoff game. Did you hear that there's like these famous TikTokers that like snuck into AT&T Stadium, got got down to eventually got down to field level, found media vests and actually went into the uh, the um the conference room, and even asked Des- Dak Prescott two questions. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's funny. Um, did you see the video of Diggs laying out the fan? Oh yeah, I did. That was, somebody, somebody posted that on Instagram, and I mean he bodied him. He that was a good hit. And so. Somebody, I heard Deion Dawkins like took his shoe or something. Like yeah, that. well, because when Diggs hit him, the guy's shoe fell off. <laughs> he rocked him. But somebody somebody said Diggs made the best defensive play for the Bills all night in the fourth quarter. <laughs> but all right, um, <laughs> the um, fantasy player of the year. It's probably going to go to Josh Allen because yeah. Josh Allen is literally the best. Um, fan, like I will honestly say, if you're drafting first in fantasy, I would probably if either draft Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, or Josh Allen. Those are like the top three picks that you're going for. Yeah, and I, I sadly drafted Derrick Henry this year, and he got <laughs> injured halfway through the season. 
I mean, hey, you got a good use out of him until they got injured. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Uh, in the year, we're not focusing on it. Deacon Jones Award. I'm assuming that's going to go to the person who has the most sacks. So, Gregory um, Who have led the regular season in sacks. Yeah, that's going to Gregory Russo? <laughs> that's going to go to TJ Watt. Mario Addison? Who are the finalists for... Um, uh, um, at the the Hall of Fame this year. I d- I have no idea. I honestly, when I found out that Tasker didn't get a finalist, not I mean, now he'll go in like the vet, like the old veteran place. Which there, there's only two people in my opinion that should be in the Hall of Fame. One of them is Steve. Ta- that 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 should be in the Hall of Fame. One of them is Steve Tasker because if you're going to put Devin Hester in the Hall of Fame, you put Steve Tasker in there too. Sure. And um, I don't know if you know who Jim Marshall is or if you mm-hmm. ever heard. Of, yeah, he's uh, the fact that he's not in the Hall of Fame uh, kind of you know bugs me yeah. a little bit. Um, but it was it was definitely was um was Jared Goff a finalist this year or was that last year? Uh for the Hall of Fame, Jared. <laughs> I don't know. What? Or is he eligible next year? <laughs> 2022 Hall of Fame ballot. Uh, finalists are revealed. Okay. Uh, so there's Jared Allen, Leroy Butler, Devin Hester, Tory Holt. I think Tory Holt should get in. Andre Johnson. Mm. Um, Richard Seymour. That's not a bad one. Demarcus Ware should go in. Sure. Patrick Willis should go in. Um I I'm just not happy that Devin Hester got in got became a finalist and well Rondé Barber's in there. Maybe he will get in there, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh I mean there's some, but I mean I don't know if there's really anybody that I am like so go- oh, and Re- looks like Reggie Wayne is in here. And I would not be shocked if he is a first ballot. I mean, Reggie Wayne was basically the Robin. Like he was basically when it was him and Marvin Harrison. He was, and then when Marvin Harrison retired, he became wide receiver one and did a great job. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um. Any. Uh. Definitely. Uh, this is so. So, for the sake of ending the show on a positive, oh on boy, a, on a positive note, I don't know what that was. Um, that was me. I, I, I didn't know I had uh, this down. That's oh, my fault. Okay. Um, but for the sake of ending the show on a positive note, um, for all that happened last night, the fact that the quarterback of our future for the next fifteen years performed at the level that he did in the playoffs, and let me read his stats real quick. Before we go, through two games, he had a 77 compl- 77% completion percentage, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, 149 QBR, and 83 points scored in two games. I'm, you could not have asked him to play any better. So for as disappointing of a loss as it was, the fact that we have a quarterback who all of a sudden decided he's going to go supernova in the playoffs... And he's under contract for the next eight years. Will probably get signed again until the end of his career in Buffalo is a sign of things to come. 
Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers played for, what, 15 years in Green Bay? And he won one Super Bowl. It's not easy to do. As Bruce Nolan says on his podcast, shout out to Bruce Nolan, be as good as you can for as long as you can and hope you get lucky. And that is exactly what we have with Josh Allen. For as long as he is our quarterback, we'll be a playoff team. We'll probably win the division every year. Yeah. Maybe I mean, maybe the Patriots sneak one here or there. Yeah, that, but over that, but over a fifteen year period. I don't want to end up becoming I mean, I I I don't want this is gonna sound crazy, but I don't wanna be like I, I feel like I would be concerned that we would end up becoming like the, like what we were in the 90s where everybody started to hate us. Now I think that's what Kansas City is. Everybody's yeah. starting to hate Kansas City because they're going to four straight AFC yeah. championships and are on the verge of going to their third straight Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And and if they win and then somehow get back, oh, get back next year... Then they're going to be like, oh, well, their Super Bowl run was better than the Bills' Super Bowl yeah. four straight so, su- Super you know, Bowl run. It'll be interesting. Um, but we're set up for success. Not a lot of teams are in the situation we are. In fact, the only other team in the same situation as us is Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Bengals, if Joe Burrow can take another step next year. But that being said, one of these years... That coin toss is going to go our way. He was nine and zero on coin tosses this year until and then last night, and he lost two. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, realistically, the loss stinks, but we got our guy. Yeah, we got the that, golden ticket. That's the thing. It's like I mean, we people were like, I was listening, and they were saying like, "Is this the next?" Brady, Brady, um, Manning, and like, um, uh, a swagoo. Um, why am I drawing a blank on his name? But um, he on ESPN he said no because there's still Joe Burrow and um Justin Herbert, and I was just like, there were always great quarterbacks. There was yeah, there were good quarterbacks. You had, but they're not Allen or Herbert. They're not Allen or Mahomes. They you had also you had. Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger. Those are basically who those two guys are probably sure. going to be. Is Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger? Absolutely. Now, who knows? They might. I would love for all of them to win Super Bowls, but I'm telling you, like, I would not be surprised. Like, we'll have to see what happens in the off season. But it's it's definitely a tough way to end the season because you were right there and definitely should have won it. And so. it sucks, and nobody wants to hear it, but it's not. It wasn't meant to be this year, mm-hmm. and that's fine. All right. Uh, that's going to do us for here on the Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY. Um, thank you for all who called in. Um, I have been Evan DePasquale. I've been Alex Spencer. And uh, we will see you next time here on 91.3 FM WBNY, which is Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. Go Bills.